How to stop looking at porn for smart, family-oriented men who want to learn to sustainably let go of porn in a way you can enjoy and look forward to. Learning to be proud of the man that you are. I'm Danny Pullman. I'm a certified life coach. I've been coaching guys on this for several years now, have been in the porn quitting game for years beyond that, and I use this podcast to share what I've learned. This is a movement. It is happening. Join with us and start winning against porn. Hey guys, first of all, for any of my clients who are listening or past clients, I just want you to know that I love you and I'm grateful for you and I'm so freaking proud of you and it takes guts to do the stuff you've done and I love being a part of your process when it's that great fit both ways, right? So thank you um, for letting me be a part of that and it's just an absolute joy and I'm inspired by you guys. I just love you guys. Lots of love, okay? And lots of love to all you, my listeners. I know we haven't met, but uh, I still just love you. <laughs> and I think that's okay. So whether you like it or not, I'm just going to love you. All right. Um, <clears throat> enough with the cheesiness. On to the next. Okay, let's. today we're talking about the triangle offense of habit change. And I think it's fun to call it the triangle offense. I'm listening to a, a book by Phil Jackson. And he, if you're not an NBA fan, then um, Phil Jackson is a famous head coach from the NBA. He even played as a player in the NBA back in the day. He's won 11 championships as a player and then as a coach for different teams. Um, he coached Michael Jordan, if you've ever heard of him. And Kobe Bryant, if you've ever heard of him, two of the all-time greats. And I think he's one of the all-time great coaches. Um, He knows how to win, at the very least. And yes, I've grown up a Utah Jazz fan. Um, I also love the Golden State Warriors. I love Steph Curry. (laughs) Um, But And so I have lots of reasons to dislike Phil Jackson, but also, he knows how to win. And I actually really love this book. It's called Eleven Rings. And he's got an awesome take on things. So um, he, one of the systems he used as a coach was the triangle offense. And so I thought that would be a fun way to describe sort of three pillars of habit change. The three pillars that I use um, with the people I work with. Okay, So we're going to talk about the triangle offense. Uh, number one is to love, okay, here's the point of this. If we were to, like, you've heard a lot of my podcasts, some of you, and, uh, you've heard about thought work and, and different approaches to things. And yes, we have a system, um, that we use as well through this coaching method, right? And I help guys kind of put a system in place for them and they get to customize it in ways that fits for them and their situation in their life, right? But I give them a starting point and some really empowering, useful knowledge and tools to help with that, right? Um, and this is something that Phil Jackson actually says. He says that it's important to have a system, and it doesn't even need to be the best system. Just have a really good one, right? And um, and it's not the thing that helps you win but it's a really important piece right so have a good system and so we do we we do that through this coaching process and then when you boil it all down though if we were to really simplify it 
into what does it take to change our habits in these ways that have just we've been stuck with for a long time and that feel kind of impossible sometimes and that we get discouraged with right how do we make it happen and you can boil it down and dumb it down to three basic things all right and that's the triangle offense of habit change so number one is to learn to love and accept yourself all along the way at every step of the way to learn to love and accept past versions of yourself current versions future versions right love and accept yourself that relationship with yourself is so important okay number two learn to feel feelings and allow and process them digest them metabolize them instead of suppress react avoid resist uh, that all the white knuckling right learn to feel the feels and number three commitment okay and commitment i'm going to talk about it today um how to commit in it maybe a different way than you're used to and why right um so i'll get to that in a bit i'm going to kind of just spend this podcast episode talking briefly about these three things okay so this is the triangle offense of habit change isn't that fun i love basketball so bringing any basketball terminology in the mix is fun for me so number one love and accept yourself right the reason this is here is because i've just through experience it just is a part of what works (laughs) okay like do we want what works is always a good question to come back to what actually works right and sometimes you got to be willing to let go of some of the old stuff that we've gotten kind of attached to or that we thought was right or the way in order to do what actually works right and a lot of us have learned to reject ourselves into changing we think that we can whip ourselves enough that we will grow and learn and even though self-rejection and self-punishment and whipping can create bursts of achievement right Uh, it does help you to get to a certain level and to accomplish a certain amount right um but a lot of guys who come to me they're tired of that level of operating and they want a new level they want to take it to more of a pro level right and one of the ways we do this is to let go of some of these old old ways that we've learned to approach our relationship with ourselves right like Some of these things we tell ourselves, I should be further along than I am, right? That shouldn't have happened the way that it did. Okay, so these are thoughts, and thoughts create feelings, and feelings drive our actions. Actions create our results. So if you are thinking, I should be further along than I am, how does that feel for you? Does it create a useful feeling for you? When you look at the feeling it creates and how you show up in your actions or inaction while feeling that way and thinking that way, are they the kind of actions that move you along and actually create learning and growth and change, right? Are they? Just check in with that and ask yourself. Um, In my experience, it's the opposite. We're using it with the intention of accelerating change and growth and learning but it actually slows us down for most of us i can't speak for you but i invite you to just check in and ask ask yourself right 
um, and start getting curious about that. Um, I yeah, that when we go and make a mistake, we've practiced committing again. Like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to look at porn anymore. And then we go and do it. That shouldn't have happened, right? That shouldn't have happened the way it did. I never should have done that. Um, this is something that some of us tell ourselves, right? And we th- we think that it helps. But how does that thought feel? And if you were going to learn something from what just happened, is that thought and feeling combination helping you to go in with an open mind and learn effectively, right? Or does it just keep you focused on this fantasy of what the past should have been that it actually wasn't and make it harder for you to actually work with reality of what actually happened? You know what I mean? If we stay in should mode about our past, then it puts us in a fantasy mode where we kind of miss the mark. We can't even like focus and hone in on what happened with an openness and a beginner's mind and a curiosity that can really be a powerful opportunity to create change and growth and learning. And when you stay in that fantasy mode, I, I think that it just makes other fantasies more appealing, right? We just, we kind of want to avoid reality. And isn't that part of the issue for a lot of us that we're using porn to avoid our reality as kind of an escapism type of practice or buffering? Um, Because that's what it is for a lot of people a lot of the time. Not every time, but... um, So being in that fantasy mode, I think, can make you even more prone or create even more cravings for staying in fantasy land with things like porn instead of looking at and accepting and dealing with the realities of what's going on in your life and what's coming up within you. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is why I invite you to practice radical self-acceptance and radical self-love. Have you ever heard that before? Radical self-acceptance. I like it. I just like the aggressiveness of the word. right? Like, let's really shake things up in a radical way in the way that we approach our relationship with ourself. Um, Because in my experience personally, and with all the people I've worked with, uh, increasing self-acceptance and self-love is what allows for real change. Like, it actually works so much better, (laughs) okay? And so that's where, what would we think instead? Like, oh, maybe I'm right where I'm meant to be in my process. Maybe my past happened just as it should have or just as it was meant to, right? My past as it stands is perfect in how it was meant to be. I know that makes some of you squirm. I know, because it did me too, and it does my clients still. But are we interested in what works or what doesn't work. <laughs> I think you've all tried the other way. If you're here listening to this podcast, I would bet that most of you have tried the other way. So is it really going to hurt you to just experiment with a new way here with a little more self-acceptance and self-love? And I know some of you think like, but then that just absolves myself of all responsibility. And if I think if I accept my past in that way, then I'm just going to go have a heyday with porn and just go crazy and look at way more porn than I want and 
Is that true? I used to worry about the same thing, right? Um, I'll just tell you from experience that you don't have to worry as much as you think you do about those things, right? Addressing the self-acceptance and self-love, it often just makes those cravings and cravings for porn or whatever just less relevant and... And then it allows for powerful change, learning, and growth that just happens more naturally. It's like you're just allowing it to happen instead of getting in the way and slowing it down, right? But you don't have to worry as much as you think you do about where these new ways of thinking might take you and these new ways of feeling, right? Like, are we really afraid of letting ourselves feel powerful, positive, loving feelings, that can lead to really powerful action that's more sustainable over long periods of time, right? Um, I get it. Our brains are designed to be afraid of new ways of thinking, right, initially. But stay with it. Practice it. Question it for long enough that you can kind of just pass through that initial resistance your brain has and experience how these new thoughts can feel and how it can affect the way that you show up, okay? So um, these are just some basic introductory ways to become aware and start practicing that. Okay, number two, part of the triangle offense of habit change is feeling the feels, feeling feelings without reacting to them, learning how to allow and process feelings, right? We are actually designed to allow and process feelings very well and really naturally, uh, what gets in the way of us doing this is just how we've learned to think about feelings and particularly how a lot of us have learned to think about uncomfortable feelings or feelings that just don't feel as positive or comfy or pleasant, right? Um, and so keep in mind that like part of what we do with thought work in this coaching process is we practice going under the hood of the car, so to speak, right? Or kind of like going into the computer program and we intentionally look at what's there, become conscious of what's in the programming and what's kind of going on with that unconscious part of our brain 90 to 95% of the time each day. And then we, we tweak things one by one and we just kind of go as long as it takes, um, intentionally changing the way that we think and feel on a habitual basis until we get where we want, right? And then the changes that you're looking for start happening a lot more naturally and organically with this process as well. And um, so, yes, that is part of it. Feelings drive actions. But only unconscious feelings drive actions, okay? So when we're talking about feeling the feelings without reacting, some people are like, but you told me that feelings drive actions, so now you're telling me to feel a feeling and not have it drive the actions, right? So, yes, um, that is what I'm telling you, and how we clarify it is it's unconscious thoughts and feelings that drive our actions, right? The actions that we either want or don't want. And But then once you become conscious of the thought or the feeling, then you have all the power, and you, you don't actually have to act on that feeling, right? And this is where we practice just becoming aware of what we're feeling and putting ourselves in the observer position and learning to look at our feelings with more curiosity and fascination and self-compassion without 
so much judgment and emergency mode and gotta get away from it and something bad's gonna happen and fear and resistance and reacting and avoiding, right? So um, feeling the feelings gives you so much power. You become unstoppable when you can do this. And uh, thought work is really helpful for a lot of that side of things. It can help to change the way that you interact with feelings, right? Um, a lot of us have learned that something's gone wrong. Like, let's just use one basic example. Like, maybe you're feeling really uncomfortable, and you might not even know it, but part of your brain might have learned to think, ooh, something's gone wrong. we got to get away from this feeling. We need to fix it. There's something to fix here because I feel uncomfortable, right? And that is an optional thought that we're having about the feeling of feeling uncomfortable. And then that type of thinking usually leads us to try to escape or numb out or buffer or distract ourselves or make ourselves really busy so we don't have to deal with the urges that come up or... Um, just kind of hustling our way, white knuckling, right? It leads to white knuckling, guys. Like, that's part of where white knuckling comes from because we think that that feeling shouldn't be there in the first place. We make it mean all sorts of bad things about ourselves that it's there. Like, oh, if I want porn, that must mean I don't really care about my commitment or this must mean I'm not a righteous church member for those of you who are religious, right? Or it means I'm not a good husband and father. Just wanting this is bad, right? It's bad that it's coming up within me. And those thoughts, all those thoughts, are the kind of thoughts that lead to escapism and buffering, which is, again, a big reason that a lot of us turn to porn, even if it's just trying to escape that experience of the urge for porn itself, right? Like, going and looking at porn helps get rid of that urge, for a time. It also trains your brain to have more of those urges more frequently if you keep practicing that, which can become an issue and feel like a spiral in the direction you don't want to go, right? Um, whereas you can also have an urge come up for porn and be like, oh, there's an urge. It's just an urge, and it doesn't mean anything good or bad about me. It's just there because that's what my brain's learned to do, and what do I want to do with it, right? You get in that observer position, you get curious, and you learn how to feel your feelings and process them, and they will. You can digest your feelings like you do a cheeseburger. Um, if you just kind of get out of the way with some of these uh, thought patterns, a lot of us have learned that lead us to try to escape those feelings or resist them or avoid them or react to them, right? So feeling the feels is a crucial skill in habit change. And I invite you to just get curious with your relationship with your feelings. What do you think about those feelings? Are you thinking, are you making them a problem? Because what if they don't need to be a problem, right? And we're just making them a problem. What if we just let them come and go and are we telling ourselves they're going to get bigger and bigger and unmanageable the more that they are there right because that will create the experience of it feeling bigger and bigger and unmanageable 
Whereas if we trust, learn to trust that the only reason they ever felt like they got bigger and bigger and more unmanageable was because of our own resistance to those feelings. And that if you drop the resistance, that you actually don't have a lot to fear there. Like the feeling itself is just vibrations in your body and it will come and it will go and it will pass. All feelings pass. No feelings last forever. And no feeling can actually harm you. It's the way we re we react to feelings that is where we can harm ourselves sometimes, right? So um, just start getting curious and intentional with your own inner dialogue there when it comes to the way you interact with your feelings, okay? And then the third apex, what is it called? Is it called the apex of a triangle? The third apex, I need to refine my terminology here. <laughs> the third apex of the triangle offense. That's a cool word, um, if it's the, even the right geometrical word is commitment okay and i used to just have those first two be the pillars but um i have lately brought in commitment as the third the third apex of the triangle offense and mainly because it accelerates the other two parts of the triangle it helps um it helps bring up material to work with that allows you to build those skills in the first two parts of the triangle offense, right? Um, and I want to invite you to commit in maybe a different way than you have before, right? Like how a lot of us have learned to do it is to, we set goals, right? And we commit to them and then we go and achieve them and then we get to feel good about ourselves for achieving the goals. It's kind of the idea, right? And a lot of us have also learned with some of our longer-term goals to make ourselves miserable on the way until we get there and kind of whip ourselves through it. And we'll get to enjoy ourselves once we finally achieve it, once we get there, right? Um, that's how a lot of us have learned to do goals. It's like we set goals to achieve and feel good about ourselves. And the paradigm shift that I invite you to do I've, I know I've probably said this before on other podcasts, but I'm going to repeat it, is I invite you to in set goals that make you feel crappy about yourself, <laughs> okay? Um, and here's what I mean by that. It's not the goal itself that makes you feel good or bad about yourself, right? Just... Like, it is not the achieving of the goal that makes you feel good or bad about yourself, okay? Our brains think that it is the goal that makes us feel good or bad about ourselves and the achieving of it that makes us feel good or bad about ourselves. But it's not. But we kind of want to use this to our advantage with our goal setting, right? So if you uh, start imagining or proposing to yourself some goals, right? Come up with a goal that feels kind of impossible and brings up insecurities in you, right? Um, when you notice things like that coming up, like a lot of self-doubt coming up, then you know you've got a great goal. <laughs> I actually want you to find a goal and commit to it, to one that brings up that stuff in you, okay? So we actually want uncomfortable feelings to come up and lots of self-doubt and insecurity, all right? We want you to kind of squirm and feel like, ooh, that feels a little impossible, okay? And and then the practice is 
we start separating out. Okay, first let's be aware. Our brain's going to have all these feelings because it it's learned that those feelings come from this goal that we just committed to, and that's where you get to start practicing. All right, if those feelings aren't coming from me committing to this goal and it's coming more from my own internal thinking, let's find out what that thinking is. Let's do some writing or some talking out loud, right, and find out. What is that thinking that is creating those feelings in you? And and then goals suddenly, rather than being the thing that we're using to dictate how we feel, right? We're separating it out and saying, oh, goals aren't what make us feel that way, right? They just become sort of a useful tool to bring up a lot of our less helpful thinking patterns, Right? It brings them to the surface that much quicker when you commit to a goal, especially if you like put a deadline on a goal that feels really uncomfortable. <laughs> that can up the ante a bit. But it can really accelerate and make uh, more readily available or kind of reveal these less helpful thinking patterns that we have. So, so we actually want to set goals that make us feel that we think makes us feel those ways you following me and then we start saying okay it's not the goal that makes me feel this way it's my thinking what are those thinking patterns and then you can get to your next level your kind of your next up leveling of your life your next evolution within yourself your next phase of learning and growth uh that much sooner um because the goal, the committing to the goal helps to bring that stuff up, okay? And then also, um, when you commit to the goal, part of what we are making room for is kind of that feeling side of things, right? Like, there will be a part of you that doesn't want to follow through with that commitment along the way. There just will, okay? Especially if you picked a good goal, <laughs> And so we actually want that to happen. That's part of the process, okay? So if you make a commitment to not look at porn and then you have urges to go look at porn on the way, we want that because then you get to practice your skill of allowing feelings. You get to practice getting intentional with the thoughts you've learned that create that desire for you. And you get to start transforming your mind in the way that you want to. That also leads to some of those long-term results that you're looking for, right? Um, and so we actually want to expect and anticipate that resistance coming up on the way. Like, of course, there will be part of you that doesn't want to at certain times on the way. You have a, a lower brain, that lower part of a human brain, that lizard brain that is kind of designed to resist things like that at times along the way, right? It wants to save energy. It wants to go for the dopamine. It wants to avoid feeling pain, right? And so um, let's make room for that. And instead of making it mean something's wrong with us, let's let it be and even expect it and invite it. Do you see what I'm saying here? Uh, and then we commit to our goal with massive action, which basically means I am in this as long as it takes and I'm going to stay with it as many mistakes as I make, as many fails 
on the way as there might be, I'm going to stay committed. Even if I feel like giving up at times or do kind of give up at times, I'm going to come back to this commitment, right? And the only way to really fail at your goal is to give up entirely forever and ever, right? As long as you are willing to stay committed as many fails as it takes, as many mistakes as it takes, as many actions as it takes, as much practicing as it takes, right? Uh, then you can't fail. You just can't, right? Those short-term fails aren't actually failures anymore. They just become stepping stones, especially if you have a system in place that allows you to learn from what just happened without all the judgment and with more self-compassion and curiosity like we talked about earlier, okay? So we actually want mistakes to happen. We want resistance to come up. And so when we make our commitment, if we go in expecting that we're just going to be totally motivated to follow that commitment the whole way through, that's just not how it works with human brains, right? And that doesn't allow for the learning and growing either. Like part of what allows for the learning and growing is committing to something where your brain will have some resistance to it at times. And then learning to work with that and learning to stay committed anyway, learning to rely more heavily on commitment than on motivation and making room for not feeling motivated to be there. Okay. And so these are some of the new ways that I invite you to practice committing and then you've probably heard me say this too before, but another part of committing powerfully is uh, by really buying in to why you're doing all of this. And when you shift your paradigm of commitment in the way I just talked about, then it kind of takes away a lot of the why that a lot of us have had, like, oh, so I can feel more worthy or, oh, so I can feel good about myself or feel more powerful or strong or, right? But... um all that stuff is actually available to you, whether you keep looking at porn or not, right? Like, if you learn to stop looking at porn, it doesn't just automatically change the way you feel in all those ways because you still have a brain that's thinking thoughts. And if you don't change those thought patterns, then you'll still feel the same way. You'll just find something else to blame it on in your life, right? And so... um so if you know that you're going to have some combination of positive and negative feelings in your life, whether you quit porn or not, and if you know that you're already 100% worthy, whether you quit porn or not, then why do you want to quit porn, right? Um, and so that's where, with this paradigm shift of commitment, you get to come up with a cleaner, more sustainable why. And that's where some of your work is too. So... Um, so go get doing it. Keep going, guys. You guys are worth it. I just want you to know, like, you are worth it. I, I was at an Imagine Dragons concert this last week, which was amazing. And Dan Reynolds just said to the people in the audience, like, you're worth, sorry, your life is always worth living. And I love that message. And I just want to convey that to you as well. Your life is always worth living. Do you hear me? All right. And you are worth sticking with, with this kind of commitment. You are worth it. You're worth that effort. You're worth uh, staying with through all the ups and downs, 
regardless of what your past is, you are worth it. You're not too far gone. There's no such thing as being too far gone, okay? You're right where you're meant to be in your process. You are worth it. And anyway, you don't have to think these thoughts. I'm just offering you some really awesome thoughts, and you get to choose whether you think them or not. So if you like them, try them on and go with it. So then I would just say uh, for some people, they can figure this stuff out on their own, just listening to podcasts and uh, consuming things kind of passively and free like that. Um, If you're like I was, then asking for help and investing in some help um, can be a real difference maker, right? And I feel like I kind of had to, pave the way in a lot of ways for myself with some of this stuff um, or piece together things along the way. Um, Anyway, I feel like that's one of the advantages that I can really offer guys is like when I look at my past self, I I wish I could have had a coach like me today (laughs) back then, you know, Um, that just would have saved me a lot of time and energy and money even. Um, So if you're like I was and having that extra help could really be the difference maker, then reach out. Get on my website, dannypullman.com, P-O-E-L-M-A-N, guys, the Dutch spelling, and go to my work with me page. Sign up for a consult. I'm calling them strategy calls. Strategy calls now. Uh, I need to, like, actually change the wording on my website. Um, I'll get to it. But let's do a call and just sort of see and chat, see if it's a good fit, okay? And then also, uh, oh, do it today too. Like maybe now is the best time, right? Just for those of you whose brain's saying, yeah, later might be better. Also, maybe now. And you get to choose if later now is the best time. (laughs) Later never really comes, right? So maybe play with the idea of right now. Go sign up for a call. And then also, chain breaker, all right? I'm just throwing this turn out there. Are you a chain breaker? Do you want to be a chain breaker? Do you want to break some chains? (laughs) Are you familiar with the chain breaker process? Just keep your ears and eyes open for upcoming news about uh, chain breaker and some stuff, exciting stuff I've got going on to offer soon. Okay, it's coming. All right, guys, later. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, I want to invite you to rate it and to share it with one or two people you think could also benefit. The podcast is available on all the platforms, wherever you like finding your podcasts. If you want more information on what I offer, go to dannypullman.com and make sure you spell Pullman, P-O-E-L-M-A-N. And remember, we're talking about porn, but this is about so much more than just porn.